Hey guys, and welcome to the Garage Athlete Show with myself and the one and only Mr. Daniel Fraser. Um, first of all, apologies that uh, we've been a little bit sporadic over the Christmas period. It has just been a mental few weeks. Obviously, Dan had the birth of his twins, is kind of getting into his new routines. Uh, for me, with all the COVID stuff going on, I had Willow's nursery shut down, uh, lots of things, lockdowns, all that kind of stuff. It just meant we've been a little bit, well, I've been a little bit off the ball in making sure that we are going out and making it a problem, number one priority to make sure we are getting as consistent as we were uh, up until kind of the back end of 2020. So we've got a few questions come through from the group. I think it's January, New Year, New Me. We've got quite a few like health and fitness questions come through this week. But first of all, like, how are you, Dan? How are you coping? You've got three under fours in the household and you're all locked down like the majority of us are. In the UK, like have you wanted to murder anybody yet or is it all rosy? Yeah, no, it's pretty full on, man. Like just... Yeah. Probably as a lot of parents are going through at the moment. I think it depends on the age range. I think newborns at the best of times are very, very tough. But then you have newborns thrown in with a lockdown, thrown in with um, uh, your other uh, three-year-old still at home. Um, it's pretty full. I'm throwing throw with that the twins as well. It's just yeah, it's it's, it's unreal. It's it's, a, it's um, I knew it was going to be really hard, but it's yeah, it's insane. It's, it's yeah, very, very tough. It's harder for you guys as well because obviously you're up north, so all your family are down south. Like, mm. and I know obviously you're only allowed like bubbles and stuff, but I know people that's whose parents and parents-in-laws can like be part of their bubble, so that they can help out with childcare. And I think for a lot of people, this past week or so, basically all the way through the Christmas holidays, it was like the schools aren't closing, schools aren't closing, like everything's going to be fine. Literally they go back for a day and they're like, right, the schools are all closed. Like, yeah. what, what is with that? Like, give people some lead time. Like, you've just had two weeks to allow people the time to get things sorted and you've given them 24 hours notice. Like, oh, mad. Absolutely mad. Yeah. Anyway, so let's go on to something more positive. Let's talk about how we make gains and keep keeping our home gym uh, community happy, healthy and making the most out of 2020, 2021. I'm looking at the wrong set of questions, I think. Uh, let me have a look. I'll get them up. Uh, I do have it's, um, Oh, no, two days ago. This looks right. Yeah. Okay. So what's the best way to plan your diet for a person who's looking to lose weight? Going from 99 kgs to 93 kgs in the past, I've just ate a two to 300 calorie deficit while making sure I still hit protein target and this has always worked, but never been brilliant. Am I missing something that will make the whole process better or easier? Um, in terms of like losing weight, like you've got the basics there. You want to be in a slight calorie deficit over time. Um, you also want to be tracking your steps and um, your cardio. So any kind of cardio that you're doing and utilizing those as uh, another tool other than just pulling food. So the first question I'd ask is, how have you figured out your deficit? Like, is it through an equation or is it right? When I was at 99 kilos, I was eating 3000 calories and I'm just knocking 300 calories off that. So it's one of those things when I'm working with somebody, yes, I'll use an initial equation, but that's just a starting point. We'll knock two to 300 calories off that. And then if the, the scales start to shift, then we're obviously in a calorie deficit and you just want to be making sure you're tracking the other metrics. So your steps and your, any cardio that kind of you're putting in, because what you'll find is as you start losing weight, you will want to move around less. So your steps will subconsciously become lower as your body is trying to counteract the fact that you are in a calorie deficit. So you just need to make sure you're maximizing your ability to do steps. So if, say, for example, you're averaging 8,000 steps, if you can bump that up to 10,000 steps, every thousand steps that you do, it's about 40 calories. So an extra 2,000 steps, it's only, it's an extra 80 calories, but that's an extra 80 calories of food 
that you can still keep in your diet and you're still in a deficit. Obviously, if you can push that up to uh, 12,000, up to 15,000, like more than 15,000 is a bit of a ball like to kind of get in. But you can utilize steps as a form of low intensity exercise that's going to help drive you into a calorie deficit that's very easy to recover from. If you're still training with weights, what you've got to remember is cardio takes away from your ability to recover. So like hit cardio, steady state, long-term cardio is very time consuming. So the more ways you can integrate, basically moving around more to drive that energy outside of the equation, the kind of the easier it is. And then it's just remembering that where you start, it's like a moving goalpost. So as you're four, three, four weeks in, the amount of calories you need to be in a deficit is going to shift as your body adapts to it. So you might then need to pull some more calories. You might need to add in some more cardio or you might need to add in some steps. And then just every now and again, programming a diet break just to give yourself a bit of a mental break. So I tend to program in diet breaks anywhere between 12 and 16 weeks, just because I think if you're dieting hard for like, 16 weeks like you'll mentally check out well before that and you'll find it really really hard to keep pushing so a diet break would be you simply bring down the amount of cardio that you're doing to a manageable level and add in say two to three hundred calories so you're trying to get your energy balance back to maintenance for anywhere between five and ten days just to give your body a bit of a reset before you then push back into a deficit um, I'm not sure if you'd handle that any differently. I'm guessing Sam, by the looks of his photos, is like a powerlifter slash um, strongman. So when you say 1993, the first thing that went in my head is he's cutting for a weight competition. So looking at it from a performance perspective, you have to be very, it's a very fine line. You have to be very careful um, with getting the weight cut um, sorted properly. When he talks about weight, he's talking about trying to make a weight, make a weight class. So there'll be some tip, some tricks you can do to get the weight off on the day and to maximize that. I mean, you can do a small water cut. You can do things like, uh, what do you call that? Like the, uh, what do you, switching um, solid foods out to liquid foods, so you just weigh less because you're not taking in the weight, the food that weighs a certain amount. So there's little things you can do in there. I mean, in terms of if we're talking, you know, performance is the main goal for him there. Then yes, he'll need to be doing walk, very light walking. If, if if anything, probably not really a lot of cardio to nothing. If you're looking for if performance is the absolute most important thing you have to do. If we're talking percentages, you want to keep cardio to as small amount as possible. In terms of general health and well-being, and you know, recovering and training, yes, you need to do loads of walking. Loads. Of, I think doing a couple of hit sessions a week is a great idea. But I think as you get close to competition we're looking for that peak peak performance it's not really the best thing we want to be um doing uh, as we're getting closer to competition so i think in terms of giving your target and then calories i would probably say work carb cycling can help a lot in especially as you're getting close to competition timing is really important um when it comes to well they say it's not important but i feel timing of carbs is very important especially when you're getting towards competition uh with the training as well training is going to start getting hard as you get more into a diet so you're going to have to make sure your carbs are timed around your training so the bulk of them should be when you're lifting to give you the, the most amount of energy you can use during that session and then you want to taper them down either at the start or the end of the day, depending on whenever you've trained. Um, so yes, bigger picture. All you have to do is drop two, 300 calories and then, you know, slowly come off. Let's say, I mean, at most, if you come for competition, I would look for say a percent a week at the most, maybe half a percent to a percent of body weight a week. So being 99 kilos, you could probably afford to drop near, near a kilo a week. I think any more than that would be coming off maybe a bit too quick, especially if you're doing an on the day way. And I presume you're in the do IPF lifting maybe. Um, so if you're doing on the day weigh-ins, then you really have to be careful of that rapid weight loss because you don't have the opportunity to get it back. Um, quick story. I, uh, my last meet, I cut, seven i think seven or eight kilos it was all going fantastically really slow really on on process but then that last week uh mucked it up um went too aggressive on the weight cut because i wasn't going to make weight i was going to be slightly i mean we're talking half a kilo over but that's enough for you to not lift in your weight class um and i noticed even three to four days of rapid weight and fat loss 
tanked my performance completely like to the point it was like whoa like it was like imagine going into the gym on one of your worst days so it's a very fine line of making sure it works i would always say start earlier than you think for your weight cuts um so for your competition so what i normally do is i work backwards so you know the, the good thing about competitions with weight categories is you have a specific number to aim for there's no sort of oh, i want to look this way or that you just have to weigh that amount so what i normally do is say if i'm eight weeks out i've got eight kilos to lose or i've got to lose eight kilos in that time a kilo a week okay that's two months if i can do that that's more than enough time what you'll find is you'll lose a little bit more as you start just to get rid of that you know sort of a bit of excess water and glycogen that kind of shit it's not fat it's just excess weight that's coming off so you might have a bit more of a leeway but we, you're looking for that average of getting to where you need to be in that um, time so as you get to the last few weeks you want to make sure you've still got enough little tricks and tools that you can pull out if need be so you know things like the maybe putting in the steps but just be wary that that might impact your performance so you're trying to give yourself the best possible chance to perform your best on the day um, by making sure your weight cut is done in the right way i mean if we're talking 24-hour wins that this is, this is a different ball game we won't go into that on this but yeah, I mean, I find in terms of making it easy, I find sticking to the same food every day actually yeah. helpful. I love that. I love tracking macros. I think it's the it's great to know what you're having, but there is a bit of paralysis by too much choice. Um, you get what they call it decision fatigue. When yes, you can have all these different things, but you'll find yourself as you probably find most people have that have tried macro tracking is by the end of the day trying to work it all out, tallying it all up. It constantly it, it takes up mental capacity and brain space. Because I find the most diets, I think I've done studies on this as well. Most diets, most successful diets, stick to pretty much the same sort of things every day with a slight variation. So I would say have your meals prepared. Have have no have have having your head a kind of ballpark of know what you need to eat. For example, I know. When I'm getting lean, I need to eat, say, four or five meals a day. I know it's got to be eggs, a couple of meals of beef, a bit of chicken, then a couple of protein shakes, and I'm pretty much covered. And then you've got a bit of leeway for your other things. Um, and then, of course, keep your fiber high. Um, that really helps keep you satiated, keep your fruit and veg intake high, lot plenty of water. Um, and then I think that would probably be the best way. But, I mean, you know, it's, 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 it's a, we've gone quite deep, I guess, onto that. But um, it's worth a conversation. I might send you a message and see if you need any more help on that. Because I could be talking about powerlifting and it wasn't even in your interest. <laughs> awesome. So um, next question from Leon, Leon Hartenberg. Seeing all the questions on here may suggest fasted cardio. So obviously that's not really a question. So I questioned him a little bit more. And it's, um, does fasted cardio increase fat burning? So... Fasted cardio became really, really popular, probably, I'm trying to think of when I first heard of it, probably about 10, 15 years ago. And it seems to go through phases of going out of favor and then back into favor. Um, the studies that I've read on it, basically the idea behind it is if you do your cardio first thing in the morning when you first wake up, overnight, your brain can only use uh, glycogen, that is stored in your liver for energy because you're not getting any food come in while it's asleep. Whereas your brain is still very, very active while you're sleeping. And there isn't the enzymes in your muscles to be able to break down glycogen and turn it into glucose. So basically the brain depletes your liver glycogen, which means your glycogen levels are low first thing in the morning. So in theory, if you then go and do some steady state cardio, so a low intensity cardio, your blood sugar is really, really low. Your body is then going to tap into your fat stores as an energy source because there is no other energy source available so that's the theory now in practice when they've done the studies on it what they've actually found is when you do fasted cardio your body is very very clever and it will actually then switch to once you've then had a meal after your cardio it will switch to a higher percentage of carbohydrates to use as a fuel source for the rest of the day so there is no real benefit to doing fasted cardio over just normal cardio where you have eaten something. That being said, when people do fasted cardio, what they will tend to do is they will tend to wake up earlier and get moving earlier. So what happens is as a byproduct, their total amount of energy expenditure throughout the day tends to increase 
which is where people see kind of the major benefits of it. So if instead of doing fasted cardio, you just decided to wake up at five o'clock in the morning and start moving around and then did your cardio at night, you would still kind of get the same benefits as doing fasted cardio. Um, hopefully that isn't kind of going into too much science. Like, have you ever done fasted cardio, Dan? Uh, I've trained in the morning without eating breakfast. So I suppose that's fasted, not intentionally, but I guess that's fasted cardio. But another thing is the, um, the old fat burning zone. Like, yes, you might be utilizing fat as a fuel source, but at the end of the day, it's if you're still, you, you're using fat as a fuel source, but if you're in enough fat to uh, calories to go past that fuel source, it doesn't make a difference whether it's coming from a carb source or a fuel source. Um, and this is thinking about sugar burners and you know, burning glycogen and that kind of um, stuff. But if, you know, if your calories are still, you know, it's boring as fuck, you know, especially if you work in the industry, but if your calories are too high, then it doesn't matter if you're using fat as a fuel source or in this fat burning zone or um, eating and using sugar as your fuel source, you're going to have a problem of gaining weight or not losing weight. Um, so, you know, some people say you shouldn't have sugar around your training or uh, carbohydrates. I'm of the opinion if you have any carbohydrates around the training and it's helping you to work harder and put more effort in and you've capped your calories at the end of the day, then I'm all for it. Yeah. So, yes, I think you've hit another head for another one, which I thought was important to mention was that mindset. If you're getting up in the day and you're like, bang, go out for a walk, get that faster cardio and I'm good for the day, let's go. Then yeah, that's phenomenal. Then it can, of course, then it can be a good part thing to do. Like that's, you know, those mental things are a big, big part of those little, you know, little tips and little tricks to keep um, your fat loss moving forward. So I think maybe getting up in the day and doing a fasted session could be good. You know, I yeah. wouldn't say it's, uh, you know, I don't think it's this magical fat burning super thing you could do, but you know, if it gets you in the zone and gets you moving, then yeah, go for it. I think it's more, it's cool to be part of the 5am club as well, isn't it? It's look at me, yeah. I'm up before everybody else and I'm getting my cardio in. So, Which I think is cool. I mean, uh, I, I get it. I mean, I, I, I prefer to train late afternoon or, you know, evening, whereas, I mean, at the moment, I don't have fucking any time to train. But, you know, this whole, like, 5am club, you know, I'm up at 2am, 4am, like, yeah. and, like it, it's a bit shit. But, I mean, if, if, if that kind of... You know, if it motive, if you're the kind of person, I mean, it's not necessarily an arrogance, but if you are motivated by doing things that people won't do, yeah, cool, go for it. It doesn't make you a hero. It doesn't make you a fucking savage or any of that bullshit. But if you feel that I'm doing something that other people aren't willing to do, I know this isn't the best thing, but this is keeping my mindset in the right place to be to move forward. Do it. Like that's yeah. great. It's, it's Have you ever dope. watched any videos by David Goggins? Uh, I, well, I know who he is, but I don't really follow him. But yeah, I'm, yeah. I, I, when I was deep in prep last year, like I was listening to his book, and like that just it just makes you want to be like a bad motherfucker. It's like if he can basically do. He was pretty much training to be a powerlifter, and somebody challenged him to do a like a 24 hour marathon or something like that. You've got to do so many laps around this thing to qualify for this ultra marathon. And basically he ran until he had like internal bleeding. Um, he just absolutely is one of those people that just like likes to put him through, put himself through pain just to know that he's alive. He's, he's just fucking crazy. Um, when I was on prep and I was like, this guy can go through that. Like, I can go through feeling hungry for a couple of months. So, mm. Yeah. Good stories. If you're ever kind of going through anything like that, like reading or listening to stories of people that have been through kind of a hell of a lot worse, it does help put things in perspective for you. Okay. So Chris Robinson, or oh, you're going to love this question, Dan. Um, do you have any recommendations or opinions on multivitamins and natural test boosters? I've heard everything from they're great to total waste of money. Just wondering what your thoughts are. I'm going to let you answer this one first. <laughs> hmm. um, I think every, you know, my uh, friend I used to work with said it best. He says every nutritionist or scientist or nut uh, nutritional science worker says you don't need to take multivitamins if you eat 
enough veg-free vegetables you covered but yeah they all take one so i'm kind of of that opinion i think it's just an insurance policy like it's not going to do you any harm it might not be doing you that great but if by popping one little pill a day you know keeps you healthier fuck it why not like i'm all for it i mean i think it's part of that mindset thing again when you wake up take the pills you know take your vitamin d take your fish oil take your multivitamin you feel yeah we're good to go it's all that kind of mindset sort of thing so i mean i think multivitamins they're they're so cheap and you can get them anywhere that you might as well like just just pop one in like i mean i would if if you don't take it probably not going to do you any harm but for the small cost on what it might give it's probably worth doing um, in terms of natural test boosters i mean i don't really have much experience on those kind of things i've always been of the opinion if you if you're interested in natural test boosting all that just takes steroids like if you're going that far down it and becoming that mentally worn out by what to uh, take when and where and all that i would just start looking more down that route but i mean the big one when i was a kid was it was it a uh, tribulus or like horny goat weed or something like that i know Mac horny was, goat weed. That, that was one, that. Yeah. when um when oh, what's his name mike ashley bought the gym chain so there's sports direct gyms now isn't there so he bought out a load of la fitnesses and they bought in like all their products and like I just remember being front desk and there was this big sign that said like horny goat weed on sale. I was like, am I reading that right? Has some is that a joke? Or no, 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 this is this new supplement that we've got to push. It's meant to be like really good for naturally boosting testosterone. I was like, and you guys have got to sell that. And they were like, Yeah, we've got to sell a lot of it. <laughs> so <Yeah. bad. laughs> totally. So I mean, I just don't know. You you just uh when you read the adverts for them they're just the marketing and the copy is just so ridiculous like my favorite is reading the t nation copy like i don't know if they still put all that stuff out but the biotest um copy, like, i loved it when i was a kid i literally lapped it up but i guess mm. i was a target market like a young kid obsessed with training um, yeah so you know probably appealed to me was that looking just like what the fuck like the stuff they come out with is just hilarious but you know i've the all the the, the, the big dicks in the industry that I follow and respect all say the same things in terms of no, they don't yeah. really do anything and it's probably a waste of money. So, if so that, then for me, I remember having a discussion with uh, somebody about this and they were saying to me, if I went on <coughs> one of these things and said, right, I've got this thing that's going to boost your natural testosterone levels by 200%, don't have to do anything, it's literally dirt cheap. Yeah, 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 what is it? Sleep. Most Mm. people don't sleep enough. If you are sleep deprived, your testosterone will go into the toilet. They Mm. did, they've done studies where basically they sleep deprived a group by just an hour a night and it it put their testosterone levels basically in their boots and by just getting them to sleep the proper amount, they boosted their testosterone levels back up to the same level as the um, the standardized group were given HRT. So it's as powerful as doing like a HRT, um, just getting good quality sleep. Obviously, for yourself, you've got newborns, there's nothing really you can kind of do about that. And then but a lot of people are staying up far too late, exposed to blue light late at night. Um, they're watching, they're on their phones, like last thing. They're stimulating their brain right before they go to sleep and they wonder why they feel like crap all the time. It's because they, they don't sleep and they don't sleep effectively. Um, anything that's over the counter sold as a test booster is normally bullshit. Like mm-hmm. if you look at what's in them, it's just a load of herbal stuff that's not really that tested. You've got things like estrogen blockers, which are what guys that are taking um, tests will take to stop things like gynecomastia and stuff like that. So you sometimes get the guys at the supplement shops trying to push that onto natural guys, um, as in block your estrogen, you'll, you'll naturally have more testosterone, whereas actually there's a balance. So by blocking your estrogen, you can really, really mess with your health. So don't take estrogen blockers unless you are on, uh, unless you're assisted and the guy who is prescribing your assistedness 
um, knows what they're talking about because you can really, really fuck your health up by taking those, what they call the aromatase inhibitors and stuff like that. Um, multivitamins, I'm very much in the same boat as you, Dan. Like I take one every day religiously um, just because I'd rather have it than not have it and not need it because at the end of the day, all the water-soluble vitamins, you just pee out the excess. I don't know if you've ever taken like a strong multivitamin first thing in the morning when you go to the toilet like two hours later like your your wheeze like fluorescent green that's all the b, b vitamins coming out of you because they just pass straight through you so it's not going to do you any harm to take something but if you're regularly training you're regularly lifting like those rdas or the recommended daily amounts that are on the side of multivitamins they are the minimum amount you need to take to avoid the health conditions that happen by being deficient in these vitamins they're not the optimum amount that you need to have in your body for like peak performance so i think people's opinions it, it does make some very expensive urine but they're so dirt cheap like you can pick up really really cheap multivitamins you can pick up really expensive ones as well it's all down to you of how important your health is um, just like the same with any supplements like it shouldn't take away from having a well-balanced diet that has plenty of leafy greens in there has plenty of fruits and vegetables so you're getting your natural sources of vitamins those are just there to kind of boost them up um cool right james crowther have you guys got anything in your gym that you don't use but won't sell no, I think I've probably, probably haven't used my love for a while, but I've lent it to a client, so it's getting used. But I've I've had a bit of a cold recently where I've got, I've done, I've gone Bruce Lee and I've literally got rid of everything that I'm not using, um, plates, literally everything, plates, bars, all kind of sorts. I mean, that I don't use that. I think the thing with like with speciality bars is you don't use them that often, but yeah. you like to have them in there for the rotation. So one, you know, one day you might freaking. I don't know, break your uh, wrist or something and can't squat. But if you had a safety bar, you can do it. So I keep it. So, I mean, that you don't use, but most, not really. I mean, I literally just sold James my freaking circus dumbbell because I wasn't using it. So maybe he's just after more kit. That's <laughs> um, For me, it's battle ropes. I've got yeah. set of battle ropes in my garage. I've used them maybe twice. Yeah, um, they're currently, they're currently hung over the ab stand, which my partner bought, which we she won't let me sell. Um, <laughs> we've got no space for it. It's literally propped up against the wall. I've got dip things, which attach onto my rack. Um, I've got pull-up bar, which attaches onto my rack, but she, she just won't let me sell it. So And it's not mine. I didn't buy it, so I can't get rid of it. So, yeah, my <laughs> um, battle ropes are just hooked over the top. Um, I was thinking about shortening my battle ropes because at the moment to use them, like anything that takes effort to use in a home gym doesn't get used. Yeah. So I have to like hook it around the weight tree like three or four times. So I'm, I'm going to cut them down, I think, but then I'll need to work out how to do the ends again. But yeah, otherwise my battle ropes sit up. They do sit up a bit. Or you could just sell them for now for the inflated price and then wait <laughs> for gyms to open back open and just buy them when they're on Amazon again when they're really cheap. And just get short. Yeah. I mean, like, it's, it, they take up such little room that it doesn't matter. Like, yeah. It's not like a um, big thing like my 50 kilo plates, which were just big, heavy bastards that sat there for ages. So, yeah. Um, yeah, no, pretty much in terms of, I had a big clear out, everything's gone that I don't use. Uh, a couple of years ago, I had tons of stuff, like, even more than I do now. I think I probably had like near 600 kilos of weights and and yokes and spin bikes and ghds and more bars and all sorts and i just had a big call and i wish i kept it now and to sold it uh, later but <laughs> but yeah I, I kind of, on a gold mine there mate yeah now i've kind of stripped back everything i'm trying to make the gym more streamlined to the point yeah. now I've got two benches now and i'm considering selling one of them because um review dropping next week by the way of the new bench i've got i think it could do the job that i want um of two benches yeah so yeah just constantly getting rid of things but um, yeah, at the moment, no, I've yeah, pretty much cleared it all out. Fair enough. Same for me. I The only thing that I've got in there that I don't use, that I won't sell, apart from those two, is the, the pec deck, which is attached to my multi-gym, so I can't just sell the pec deck. Um, if I could, then I would, but 
it, it's come attached, but I've, I've already got a, uh, a plan for what to do with that multi-gym once I've got more space, which is that five grand behemoth of the primal tax deductible there. So basically free, isn't it? Um, and then uh, I got a, like a T-bar row handle that goes, it's got like a cutout bit. So when you're rowing, the bar doesn't hit you as you're doing a row and you can do like, it's got a Viking press on it. So you can have neutral grips on it. Really, really like that. I've just not been using uh, the T-bar as a back variation. Um, It's something that I'm going to say to Jake, look, I've got this. I've now got a six uh, foot bar, which means I can use it more easily uh, inside the rack and my bar isn't then hitting the... um, Hitting the wall, so I'm, I'm going to want to put that into my next uh, rotation because I'm officially like 30-ish weeks out from competing now. So we've got about four or five weeks before we start dieting. Mm. Um, well, food's nice and high at the moment, which is great because it means that I can just add a little bit of cardio in and I start losing weight on like three and a half thousand calories, which is always a nice place to be in. Mm. See, that's the difference in my metabolism. I don't lose weight until I'm on like 2,000. 800 no i really have to go low like it's 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 a it's a double-edged sword because it's great for gaining weight you it's so easy for me to gain weight that you can get strong you don't even think about it once i get strong that takes years but like to get heavy just it's fine whereas to lose weight it's uh, it's got a cut point though and this is the kind of um, uh, just me. this is where working with someone might be helpful in terms of your fat loss or muscle gain whatever just things are all good yeah on so, a side note, fucking six foot bars are shit. Get rid of that. Like, what are you doing using that? So, the only thing I use it for is to go into the T, is to go into the landmine. Um, just because basically, if I squat with it, my ass hits the, the opposite wall. So, I can't squat. squat. <laughs> yeah, I think I've got a five foot bar for hip thrusting, but like, I just think six foot bars are just. Oh, I, I thought it was a five foot bar. Like the guy who sold me it, because basically I talked him down in price. He wanted like a hundred quid for it. I was like, I can go on the Mirafit website and buy a five foot bar for like 60 quid. Oh, uh, no, like, I'll give it you for 50. I was like, okay, then got it home and stood next to it. And it's taller than me. So I'm like, that's, I'm not, I'm, I'm five foot seven. So it, it's a six foot bar. He just didn't know what he had. So I was like, I'll take that. Like, Mint. Yeah, I got like a 50 quid bar off Amazon. And honestly, it's hilarious. It's like the shittest thing you've ever seen. But I fucking love it. You can just like launch it about. <laughs> like it must be like 27 mil or something. And like the right. colours feel they're gonna fall off, but it's so shit. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so next question. So this was inspired by a post I saw within the group and it got a lot of people arguing on it. So uh, the original post was somebody posted up uh, about like their cupboard full of like chocolate. Um, It's their kids like sweets cupboard. And it's like, I've just started to eat healthy um, and I've just been up some of my session and now I want to go and raid this cupboard. Like, what should I do about it? And everyone was like, just throw it all out. Like, um, like if it's not there, you won't want to eat it. I'm just like, I'm not being funny. That would make you like public number enemy to public enemy number one to your kids. Like they're not on a diet. Like they don't give a yeah. shit that you're trying to lose some weight. Like if you've suddenly gone from having crisps, chocolate, sweets there, but they're actually managing it. Like, so they're not just eating it all day, every day. They have it every now and again. That's promoting a good relationship with food. If you suddenly get rid of it and you teach them that that food is bad, off limits, like you can't have that, it's naughty, you are going to really mess up their relationship with food kind of as they get older. So the question that I put in there is, why is willpower such a rubbish tool to change behaviours? So even though he doesn't want to eat those things, why does he keep kind of wanting to go back to them? So do you want to give your opinion on this first? I'm just trying to find it at the moment as we're, as we're talking, but I remember Charles Poliquin going into this, um, was it the myth of discipline? Hmm. Um, I'm trying to find the, uh, the, the post, basically going on about that, saying, um, uh, basically saying, well, before, before I find it, I'll try and see if I can find it, maybe link it back later. But um, willpower, you, it's not a, 
it's only it's uh, what do you call it it's is it finite is that the word it's yeah. it, it only has a certain amount and there's there's tell, like a muscle it gets tired yeah, yeah there's tons of um studies on this and all that and all that this is why um you know they're not as big for saying if the diet you if you think you can't stick to this diet in a year's time then it's not the diet for you and i think that's a good place to start obviously there's, there's a bit you know, sometimes you have to get a bit unbalanced on your diet and try something new and all that. But it, it, the point is saying if you're using willpower to get through it, you can only last so long um, with it. It's, it's, it's it, it, like you said, it's a, like a muscle. It has, you know, it will just go. And it's not a question of you not being disciplined or um, not trying hard enough. It's just it has an, a certain amount of time before it um, runs out. Obviously, some people are going to have more than others. But um basically uh, here, here's a good quote is basically discipline is a myth said Pollock when people always walk around looking for more discipline or willpower thinking they could just find a way to be more disciplined and then surely they'll find that weight loss or muscle gain they've always wanted yeah, no, that kind of like they've done a whole um, article on here but yeah you, if you're constantly looking for like you say just chuck the things out or do this and all that you're not creating the environment for true change you know because yeah. what do you do when that chocolate bar is in your house you're going to eat it like, yeah. it's it, it's not it's not the way to go about things and you know anyone that has knows you know anyone in the industry that we work in is well anyone that's good knows all this kind of shit and yes you can get rid of you know when you're starting things yeah maybe get rid of the cheese board or don't buy in more alcohol you know stuff like that is a good thing to do but you know like you say like throwing your kids sweets away it's like maybe not i mean <laughs> wait the way sometimes i like to deal with it is knowing when your triggers hit how to yep. deal with them or finding the right ways to deal with it so for most people that are overweight or severely overweight we're talking obese there is something upstairs that's wrong mentally um something is not right at all um sorry i'm saying that really harshly normally it's emotional. Sorry, there's there's probably there's an emotional trigger in there yeah, and they turn trigger. to food for whatever reason behind that so there is something going on it's not nine times out of ten the chocolate bars in their mouth before they've even made the decision to eat it it's there because it, it's automatic and this is what i was going to talk about how essentially there's two different areas of your brain you've got your conscious brain and your subconscious brain and your conscious brain makes decisions your conscious brain is the one that's making the decision i want to lose weight I want to do this for my health in the long term because it is going to be of a benefit to me, even though in the short term, there's going to be a little bit of pain. In the long term, I'm going to achieve X, Y, Z. You then have your subconscious brain, which has about the average age of a five-year-old and um, pretty, much acts, pretty much um, and acts more like a monkey than a human. So yeah, the chip brain is a very good time. paradox. So yeah, the reason why willpower is such a poor tool is because your willpower lives in your logical brain and your chimp lives in your emotional brain and just like a chimpanzee is five times stronger than a human your emotional brain is five times stronger than your logical brain if those two are just getting into a fight which is essentially what willpower is because the chimp wants something and you're thinking brain telling it no, the chimp will eventually win. It's a battle of attrition and it's five times stronger. So what you want to do is you want to lay down new habits. You want to reward yourself for doing things that are going to get you to that target so that you're working with the chimp, working with that emotional brain rather than working against it by telling it no. What happens when you tell a child no? Can I have those sweets? No but I want it, I want it, I want it. And they throw a tantrum. Your chimp does the exact same thing. Whereas if you then say, okay, I want you to do this. And if you do it, you get a reward. They're much more likely to do it, but you're not a dog. Don't reward yourself with food because that's that's counterintuitive and it will move you further away. Yeah, I think I remember saying that to my mate. <laughs> you're not a dog, you don't need rewarding. You don't. I mean, I'm just reading this article a bit more. Basically, he's, he's, he's going on to say, uh it's 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 about self-love um yeah. you go trading not because you feel like when you know people always well not me at the moment because i just don't have the time but down down of the past uh, everyone says oh it must be so you must be so disciplined and 
you must have so much willpower to go to the gym all the time to train so high and all that and it's like well no i do this enjoy training like it's actually and you'll probably find this whether this is a disorder or not it was not now but pre you know babies and all that kind of shit it was actually harder for me not to train than to train like it would actually be a lot worse like to the point i'm not training as much at the moment and my mood is is terrible. Like it's, it, it's really fucking hard. Um, so basically, what he's going on to say, Pollock went back on this, is, you know, it's it's about self-love. Uh, you know, do you, does it mean more to you to choose to have binge all the sweets or would it mean more to you to not do that and choose to maybe, maybe have one or two or choose to not eat them? And then you know that you're that bit closer to your goal. So this is where goals are really important and writing them down and making sure you're working with someone can really help. But I, I like that idea. I mean, of course, there's going to be times when, you know, you, you get, like, as we know, with moderation, you can have that pizza. Of course, you can have the sweets and you don't think you can never not eat them. And but there's also like, going to be times where you're going to slip up and yeah, you're going to make a mistake and around. you're going to have, you're going to eat some of those sweets. You're going to have a chocolate bar. You're going to have a packet of crisps and you're a human. And just like you said there, that self-love and self-acceptance of I'm not perfect, I'm fallible, I'm going to make mistakes. The difference is the people that succeed when they've made a mistake, they don't set up camp and live in self-pity. They get back up, dust themselves back off and they go, you know what, this next step that I take is going to help me get back towards, back on track, back towards those goals. Fall off, yeah. you fall off the horse, you get straight back on sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty much it. Perfect. So, Andrew Dunn. I struggle picking a goal or a plan, so I bounce between them, then give up. I want to get strong, so I think five by five. I'd like to get bigger, so I move to three by eight with more variations. I want to get fitter and leaner, so I start doing five to 10K runs. I feel like the best thing that combines all these will be CrossFit, but I haven't a clue if that's the right thing. I have no experience of it and where to start. So I guess my question is, what would be your preferred all-round routine to get bigger, stronger, and fitter? My question to you, first of all, Andrew, is can you Olympic lift? Because if you can't Olympic lift, do not try CrossFit without getting some coaching. Because if you just try to do the, if you try to teach yourself the Olympic lifts, you're probably going to injure yourself once that weight gets up to a certain amount. I don't know if you agree with me with that, Dan. I know you do some Olympic lifting, but every time I've tried to learn Olympic lifting in the past, like I got to like 40, 50 kilos and have gone, nah, because this this doesn't feel right because I've just mm. not been able to find a decent Olympic lifting coach or I was not in a financial situation where I could afford to hire a decent Olympic lifting coach. Yeah, I mean, uh, side point, I, I, I'm very fortunate. I was coached... Uh, ollie lifting from the age of 15 through to about 21 my first snc coach was an ollie lifter so i started off with him and i really did develop a i'd say olympia lifting literally power cleaning clean not even packing just hand cleaning because uh, in rugby they thought hand cleaning was the be all and end all so all i did was cleans didn't really snatch that much i mean sometimes did but it was all about the um all about the power clean hand clean because they wanted that triple extension sort of power so that's the only thing i've kind of been interested in so yeah i mean i was quite lucky that i got a lot of coaching and it kind of it's a little bit like riding a bike. Like I haven't cleaned for, I'd probably say four years maybe. And then I started again recently and it didn't take, I mean, I'm not good, but I think I'm a lot better than most people around that I've seen doing it. So it kind of just comes. But I mean, in terms of all road round routines to get bigger, stronger and fitter, like you need to look at the bigger picture and look across the span of a year to maybe two years of your macro cycle. Um, so I would think... You know, from what you're saying there, you got some, so five by five, three by eight. Yeah, I mean, one of the things I do with the people I work with is I work on a bit of, I work on a sort of a bit of, well, yeah, a DUP setup. So you'll be rotating through rep ranges and the percentages. So you're kind of covering a bit of both bases. Um, You can certainly still gain some decent size off doing your strength work and a bit of um, hypertrophy work as well. Like there's plenty of lifters. powerlifters who kind of gain their weight through calorie 
calories. So their training doesn't really change that much. They just put the calories up and down depending on when they're getting closer or out of competition or if they're putting on too much weight. Um, so I, you can, to be honest with you, you probably could do all of these at one time. You wouldn't be the absolute best of what you need to be. But, you know, from your picture, it looks like I think you're a rugby player from looking at your picture. So, I mean, it's totally, um, oh, we've got a friend in common. Oh, he knows the guy that lives down the road from me. Um, so, I mean, you um, you can certainly do them all like in terms of being, you know, if we're talking getting fit and strong, if you want to be the best at everything, oh, yeah. you can do them all. But I would say the thing I would say is probably you need to work with someone potentially and take that decision fatigue away from you. Sometimes working with a coach isn't necessarily because they – Obviously, they'll, they'll hopefully know a bit more than you and that kind of stuff, but it, it takes that decision, in, indecision away from you. So when I've worked with coaches in the past, um, for example, I've worked with Propin, I've worked with my friend Lee, I've worked with a couple of other people. It's been more because I want to, you know, get from them, it, but I'd like the accountability factor as well. So I remember when I worked with, I worked with those sort of coaches, I said that I would just want to be as lean as possible. Um, that was the goal and then it happened and it was just kind of just because I just followed what they did I mean we were talking like macros on a sheet following it but that mere fact I was sort of checking in with someone kept me stuck to that goal so I like the idea of sticking to that for a good three months and going for it but, but another thing you could potentially do is do three months focusing all in on one three months focusing on the other one and then three months on the other one then, you know that's more typical traditional uh, was a linear periodization of you know get fit get um, get big then get strong you know, you can run those sort of things. You, you can do them all at once. That is doable. But I mean, it might just be do three months of the year, focus on something, focus on something, focus on something. I think that could be a good way of doing it. So, I mean, you pref my preferred all-round routine would be obviously my method of training that I give to people with why I work with them. But I mean, there is... So, uh, I'm going to say it because Dan won't. Hire Dan as a coach and he will sort your life out because I have no idea when it comes to like powerlifting stuff. Um, but by the sounds of your goals, as you said, so I have a coach right now and it's, it's just as Dan said, I, I spend all day, every day writing programs, writing nutrition plans. Like I just want somebody to take that, take it off my hands so I don't have to think about it. It's this busman's holiday when I'm trying to kind of like write my own program. Yeah, well, the interesting thing I've known is like, oh, nearly, I would say not everyone but I would say probably 80 to 90% of coaches I know who are phenomenal coaches, you know, great coaches like yourself who truly care about their clients and put their oil on that. Don't coach themselves. They just, I mean, they, they probably do coach themselves and they know how to lift and all this kind of stuff, but they don't necessarily program themselves or they just leave it to someone else to sort out. So I think there's something. I think a good coach recognizes the value of coaching. Exactly. Yeah. Because that's literally what they sell. Like, it's one of those things, like, I have a coach for my training. I have a coach for my business that helps me grow my business. There's only one thing that's more valuable than experience, and that's somebody else's experience. So my business coach has grown, like, an online training business to having six figures or something like that. So he's been through all the things that I will go through on a day-to-day -day basis which means when I'm having a problem he knows the solution like that because he's already been there and done it the same thing with us as coaches 99.9% .9 of the problems that come up with my clients I've heard it from a different client before like I've been in this industry what are we now 2021 it'll be 10 years in July like I've coached hundreds of clients now. It's very, very rare I come across a program, a program, a problem that somebody at some point I haven't dealt with before. Um, yeah, I don't know if it's the same for you. There, man. Like in terms of, I have this argument with, uh, I, don't know if it's, I don't know what the word is. There was this big thing of evidence-based training and you need nutrition and which is, Brilliant. I think it's fantastic. I think we need to we need to have that because otherwise you can literally make you as people were just making shit up and saying that's the bill of It's not. But as you said there, you need someone that's kind of walked the walk a little bit. I know there is that oh, what was it? How do you say there's that 
Oh, fallacy or oh, there's a word for it when saying just because you've done it doesn't mean it's right or something it's like the, the just oh, I forgot, I, 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 this is going to do my head out i'll message you later with what i think is cool but basically just because you've done it your way isn't the right it's not necessarily the white the right way but one i guess what i'm trying to say is experience does count for quite a lot yeah um like you like you're saying you know what to do to fix for example you know if someone in my lifting is uh, has a problem in the bottom of their squat. I'll know, you know, we're talking very basic here, like a poor squat, we'll put that in. Or if someone's falling forward, maybe you need to try pulls on the way down squats. Or, you know, diet-wise, if someone's really struggling on the weekend, you're like, okay, well, have you prepped your food for Friday and Saturday, knowing that it's there sat in the fridge, that you don't have that choice is taken away from you. So little things like that on the diet as well. So, I mean, you know, uh, you know, we've both been through it as well. Like I've, I've got plenty strong. I've lost 20 kilos of fat pretty much at one point. So it really does help out that you know what you're doing um on that kind of side of things but sorry i'm just gonna i got a bit lost on there we've gone on a major tangent away from where that original question was so back to the original question hire dan or just speak to dan in a dm and he'll be able to help you out a lot more we're gonna try because it sounds like basically you sound like me um and half the rugby players I work mm-hmm. with, you're trying to boost all of it. So, you yeah. know, this is where conjugate does pop up quite a lot. Yeah. And this is where CrossFit has become very popular. You're trying to boost so many different things at once. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. Not everyone wants to be a rip power lifter or, sorry, a rip bodybuilder or a really strong power lifter. You know, maybe some people want to have lots of different things to their boat. But yeah, we'll, we'll have a chat, man. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. So, John Orwin Taylor. What should be the first goal of someone planning on following a weight training plan for the first time? So I was going to message him back to be kind of a little bit more specific with this. And then I had an idea pop straight into my head. Um, your first goal when you are first starting to lift weights should be exercise execution. So learning the skill of lifting weights. So don't worry about progressive overload. Don't worry about losing weight. Like if you want to manage your diet and stuff like that, it's learn the skill of lifting weights. Lifting weights is a skill. Just like if you wanted to learn to drive a car, you wouldn't hop in a car and go and take your test on day one. You have somebody show you where everything is. You then practice all the different movements, all the different things slowly till it becomes automatic and then you move on to stuff that's kind of more difficult. So it's the same thing with the skill of lifting weights. Maybe a basic push, a basic pull, a squat, a lunge, and a hip hinge. Like it doesn't really need to get too much more complicated than that when you're first starting out. You see so many guys that jump straight into like what they've read in men's health or uh, men's fiction, as I like to call it. Um, rather than just focusing on the basics, getting really, really good at the basics, and then thinking, right, what's the goal? Do I want to get strong? Do I want to get shredded? Like, what would what would you say is uh, the first goal that someone should do? Get stronger. Get stronger. But, but we're not talking max out every session. But I say this, mate. I don't know about you, but when I first started training, you maxed out on curls and presses every single day and you tried to lift more and more each time and i know i know in theory, I did for sets of 10 yeah and it was just yeah. like as many as that could do for 10 exactly. and then more weight on the bar as many as you can do for 10 you'd grab your set of york sandfield weights or cast yeah. iron spin locks and you just go to town on them and it's the same with guys wanting to get strong you'd go in and you'd max out as often as you could and you'd just try and get better and better and it's <laughs> I know it's not the way, you know, as, as a coach, you would say, no, this isn't good, this is bad. But, like, every single person I know who's, you know, we're talking, like, serious athletes here has all done exactly the same. None of them went in and goes, right, I don't want to do too much. I, I need to do this and all that. And it, it, <laughs> But they all did, like, crazy shit. But if we look at towards the sort of, like, the Chinese model of weightlifters and that, yes, years spent on execution and technique is everything so i think if my daughter ever chooses to lift weights which is looking like she might there'll be just tons and tons of time spent on how well can you do it how good can yeah. you make it 
but then and I think as well you've got to remember was when we first picked up weights we were 13 14 16 like when you're a teenager you can do that because your recovery like you you can you can absolutely mash up your body and then three days later you're ready to go again whereas when you get into your if you're just starting weights when you're in your mid-20s 30s like you can do a lot more long-term issues than (laughs) I think we did when we were teenagers yeah so I mean like I mean try try weights for the first time get get stronger in terms of I'm not talking one RMs here I'm talking you know across you know say if you went on your chest press machine at your fitness first gym and you did 12 reps with the pin in number three, then you do 15 reps next time. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, get better at techniques. I would say learn to, you know, learn to squat bench dead. However, that has to be for your body type, but um, yeah, just in, enjoy as well. Like there's yeah. nothing quite like. And then that's fun. Do something you yeah. enjoy. Getting to getting to the gym for the first time. I just, I, I, I still remember running around my local council gym and not having enough i used to go on the stepper right i didn't know how to use it so you know the the steppers the life fitness yeah. ones i would just push them all the way to the bottom because i didn't right. know how to use them so i look like a right just push them like <laughs> i would like squat out of the the bench because we didn't have a squat rack so i would good morning out of the bench and then box squat on it and just i would just do stupid stuff and run around doing you know seeing what machine i could stack and all this kind of shit you're basically an idiot but you run around sort of doing all the exercises but I think it did provide a good base of um, training for things. I mean, I would say try as many different exercises as you can. I presume you're training at home, so maybe you can't. Um, but just, you know, just go in there and almost experiment and <laughs> invent new exercises and that. I think enjoy, enjoy it. I mean, if, if, if you enjoy working with people or getting some, there's some great beginner routines out there. There's YouTube's a phenomenal res- resource of exercises and exercise libraries and all that, but you have to know where to look is the, the next thing. But um, I mean, the first guy of playing to training for the first time, you know, you've nailed it, get better at the lifts, get stronger and enjoy it. Do those three things for the rest of your life. You'll be all right. Sorted. Right. Uh, Ebony Michaels. So smoker here will continuing to smoke, scrap whatever diet slash exercise plan you're on. Will there be no point in dieting, etc., if you're a heavy smoker? Um, I thought this was an interesting one. Mm. Um, let's hear your thoughts on it first. Well, I don't know if it's controversial or not. I mean, if we're talking about in terms of health, do we even need to say how you know bad that is? I think she she's gone in to say she has about you know twenty to thirty a day. Um, it, you know, obviously we don't really need to bang that drum. Well, at least I think we don't. Um, it's written all over the packets and all that. In terms of what diet plan, uh, will there be no point? No, no, there's not no point. I mean, there's there's no calories in a cigarette. Yeah, I mean, you 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 know that you could even argue, you know, uh, what was it like supermodels would purposely smoke because it kept them appetite because it's the i was going to say the nicotine's an appetite suppressant yeah so they purposely smoke to keep them thin i mean obviously we're not talking about healthy we're just talking about you know yeah body comp or leanness or however you want to call it yeah. um but i see it from the you know i'd know i don't know i probably i won't name names but i know some names who are quite you know famous and popular who smoke like chimneys and they're still you know, elite athletes, you know, there's not as many, it's a rarity, but they do smoke a lot and it doesn't stop in them training as hard as they can. Would they be better if they stopped smoking? I think so. Absolutely. Um, it, it's like putting the brakes on your training, but I don't think there's no point. I, I think training and nutrition go hand in hand. I think if you just go on a diet and do no training, you're going to run out, you're going to stop. It's going to be a lot harder. I think if you just train and don't give a shit about your diet, yes, you'll be fine, but it's not the best way of going about things. I find training and diet to be the yin and yang thing, almost like a men- mentally you have to do both to get the best results. So I think if you're in the, currently in the stage of the moment where you're you know, smoking all the time, drinking, not particularly taking care of yourself, and you think, 
because you're in it, it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy. You're like, well, I'll just stay in it. Fuck it. I smoke all the time. I'm not going to train. You will get better if you just make that first step to go do a training. I don't know, do some sessions or maybe think about if you eat, say, five meals a day or not even five meals. Like I'm presuming, you know, we're talking, I'm trying to think real like some of the clients. When, you know, I presume you've had some when they first come to you, you know, the diet is how, how bad this can, can this be? And you're like, oh, wow. Now we're talking, we're talking like, two litre bottles of Coke, maybe a fag for breakfast, the Red Bull, and then, you know, like you just crap throughout the day. You're like, oh, wow, you know, you really got to take baby steps and move yeah. forward. I think, no, there's not, it, it, it won't scrap the diet and exercise plan. It won't help it at all. Yeah. If you get started, then you can, because you'll start building confidence of yourself that you're achieving something with your training then potentially you might build the confidence to start reducing your uh, smoking, nicotine, or that intake, that yeah. kind of stuff. I think you can start bringing that down. Um, so, I mean, sorry, I've talked to him after. Do you want to it's all right. What I would say is you've got to look at your life as a whole, and there's going to be lots of different factors in there. So obviously you've got, are you training currently? That's a no. They're watching your food currently? No. You smoke heavily. You're drinking as well. I'm guessing you're probably not tracking your water intake. You're probably not going to be that active in terms of like steps and stuff. And you're definitely not going to be doing that much cardio. So to go from that to training four or five days a week, to watching your diet, to drinking two liters of water, to doing 10,000 steps and doing cardio a couple of times a week, that's a massive monumental lifestyle shift. So that's not going to happen overnight. What you probably want to do is pick the, the major ones of those habits that you want to train and focus on that first. So it might be, right, start doing resistance training three days a week and track your food where it is. So those are, those are two things that you can do. And just do that until that feels like it's a comfortable part of your routine what you might find is even just doing resistance training you get really really out of breath like doing the exercises just because we all know the effects that smoking has you've got less oxygen going around which means you can't feed your muscles with the oxygen they need to be able to get the energy out of it so then you might find you might naturally start smoking less in my experience, when people start to improve their training and improve their diet, it's what's called a keystone habit. So when you get that habit, you will find the rest of your life starts to revolve around those keystone habits. You'll start to want to eat better because you understand that you'll then perform better when you're in the gym, when you start to see your numbers going up in your lifts or you start to do um you start tracking your steps and you're noticing right getting five thousand steps is a day is a lot easier now can i bump that up to six thousand you start doing these setting yourself these little mini goals of progressing that at the end of the day smoking is not going to stop you from losing weight if anything stopping smoking very abruptly will probably cause you to put weight on just because it's such a major change and it is an appetite suppressant. And what happens is when people get that nicotine hit, they will look to get it from somewhere else and they'll normally turn to food. Uh So my advice would be like, find those other little lifestyle bits that are in there. Don't focus on the quitting smoking as a major thing. But what you might find is three, six months time, you might make that decision to, um, cut down on it anyway <laughs> are you okay sorry sorry two seconds i know it'll be on the that's um... okay so i think dan is maybe getting called away uh with his oh, little one who we got here oh this is ashton this is ben. Hi, yeah oh dear is he asleep she was asleep, no, but no, it's night time, so they're waking up now. Waking so she, up. They're getting hungry. They will stay up till 11, okay. and, then they'll go to sleep, and then they'll start kicking off again about, no, they'll go to sleep around 10, actually. they'll start kicking off at half 11, then I have to like try and stop them waking up till it's feeding time, because we're trying to feed them every three hours. 
Right. Uh, I'll get fed and then they won't sell. Then I'll be back and forth. <laughs> right. So we've only got one question left. So I think we've done a decent innings there. So I'm going to, we'll, we'll call it a day there. James Crowther, I know you've got one question left on that. I'll send you a DM to answer that and we'll answer that. Well, I, spoke, I spoke to him today, so I'll, I'll give him a, yeah. I'll, I'll have a chat with him as well, mate. Yeah. Drop, drop a DM to him to give him kind of an answer to yeah, that, we'll, we'll, but we will cover that question on next week's episode, just because, as I said, uh, you've, you've got stuff to do now. So thank you to everyone who has joined in. We have got the wonderful... Um, Dan's wonderful daughter joining us for the end of this episode as always if you guys have any questions you'd like us to answer join the home gym UK group so that's the main group not the sales group that's where the question box goes in every single week if you want to chat to myself or Dan I've now started putting the links to our social medias etc in the bottom of the show notes so kind of click on either of those links and you can have a conversation with us whether it's powerlifting strongman or just generally being awesome for dan it's also great with barbecues and babies as well um or if it's kind of body composition bodybuilding that kind of stuff then jump across more than happy to chat as dan said we can chat training home gyms and um all day long so as, as we <laughs> yeah enjoy the rest of your evening uh, buddy and hopefully i'll catch you again next week and uh well do the best you can this year guys and reddish your home gyms yeah happy 2021 guys yay